Haim Cohen has been arrested for sexually abusing his adopted sons. He has adopted nine boys and has hosted multiple foreign exchange students, one who has also accused him of sexual abuse. He has also pretended to be a Hasidic Jew and raised his children as such. But it turns out he's not Jewish at all. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello hello happy monday yeah hitting the ground running yes we are how's it going uh it's it's going well what can i say i mean i i want the snow to leave i've had enough i miss my crows and i'm all done with this there you go uh, otherwise really i'm actually just fine <laughs> I hear you though, because the snow is not leaving. It is continuing to come, which oh is gosh. such a weird thing for us in March. We don't usually get a lot of snow in March, but we have had a ton of snow in just a few days. Of yeah. March. The snow right now is uh, flush with my bottom step, which is yeah. really weird <laughs> to step outside. And there's only one step, not two. Yeah. My backyard, I've never seen it this deep because my son, um, shovels trails for our little dogs because we have yeah. dachshunds and our snow is probably twice as tall as them when they're in their tunnel yeah you know they're like real tunnels now not just paths they're mm -hmm. like actual tunnels it's so weird well when we were little girls we were born uh up very near the grand tetons yeah. and that area gets a lot of snow it used to get a lot of snow when we were little girls the snow would be flush with the house with the roof yeah. In the winter, you could climb on, you could run around on top of the swing set mm -hmm. and you were always under death threats from mom and grandma to not be getting on the house and running around. Yeah. Cause you totally could. Mm -hmm. Totally. You could, could step right from the snowbank, right onto the roof. It was no issue. Uh, and we did and got in trouble the time or three, you know, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, kids. we don't get that much snow anymore, but man, I can remember then the snow plow would come down the roads and it was literally like driving through a tunnel. You really couldn't yeah. run off the road because there was nowhere to go. No, you would just be in a snowbank. That's where you mm -hmm. would be. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get some sun. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to expect. Uh, what I do know is that this, this episode is a real doozy. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. Hang on to your butts. We're going to start with some crime news. Okay. Do you guys remember last summer I reported to you on the murder of Jeff German? Yes. Okay. This is Jeff German. He was a reporter in Las Vegas. 
mm-hmm. an investigative reporter, and he reported on things that pissed people off. He was right. that kind of a reporter that really, you know, kind of dug into stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff uh, was murdered in his yard. He was stabbed to death. These were the photos that came out initially. That there was this man walking down the street that uh, ambushed him and, and stabbed him to death on his side yard. Right. And then it wasn't very long, and this man was arrested. This is Robert Tellis. Mm-hmm. Or Tellis. Uh, Robert worked for the city. Uh, he was a city attorney, I believe. And uh, Jeff ran a series of stories about him. Uh, basically, that there was impropriety in his office, that he was having an affair with one of his staffers. And that, uh, you know, his, his office was a mess, essentially, and that they weren't getting anything done. Mm-hmm. And he and Robert really did battle on Twitter for a few months. And eventually it, uh, I believe it did cost Robert his job and I think his marriage. Like, like life really fell apart for him mm-hmm. because of this or, or was kind of in the process of falling apart. Mm-hmm. And he was the one arrested for, uh, for murdering Jeff Gurman. Right. Well, He's been in court. Uh, he's been through three attorneys already. Mm-hmm. He is really trying to expedite his uh, trip to uh, to trial. And he's now decided he's just going to defend himself. And so he was in front of the judge last week. And the judge questioned him for 45 minutes, trying to determine if he really was uh, capable and qualified to represent himself, which is kind of wild because he is an attorney. He's not a criminal law attorney, mm-hmm. uh, but he is an attorney. You know, I, I was thinking about some of the other cases we've seen where people represented themselves that uh, was pretty freaking wild. Where they were not attorneys. Definitely not attorneys. Uh, you know, Darrell Brooks, we're looking mm-hmm. at you. Yeah. Uh, this guy is, but she still uh, was extremely hesitant about uh, allowing him to represent himself, though it looks like he's probably going to. Because, you know, no one can do it as good as him. He's been through three attorneys. Mm. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up now, and I'm, I'm going to share a little clip of court with uh, the judge as well, I, is because I really wonder if this will become one of our belligerent turd circuses that we follow, because mm-hmm. uh, it is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, so. his, behavior, his behavior in court is something else. Yeah, so this isn't particularly uh, wild. I really want you to see the judge in action. like, And also, it's a female judge and the way he responds mm. to her. So here mm-hmm. we go. How many bills do you think you did? Half a dozen or so. So six? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you did DUIs and or battery domestic violence? Correct. Have you ever represented anyone on a felony? No. Okay. Did you take any criminal law classes in um, law school? Criminal law and criminal procedure, yes. Okay. Do you think that has equipped you to represent represent yourself? Not just that, Your Honor. Okay. Tell me, why why do you want to represent yourself? Again, there are a few different concerns, to be frank. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, number one, because we unfortunately couldn't see AI on when the trial should be me and Mr. Sheets again. Mr. Sheets, great attorney, really good man. Yes, he is. But yes, but that's why it's kind of surprising sure. you would put yourself in this position. And, but again, this is a temporary situation. I intend to represent myself um, as, for at least a couple of months while I make sure that I'm in a position to hire another attorney. 
because again, okay, now we're not playing games. Hey, so Misty, tell us we're not playing games. You're not going to represent yourself for a couple months and then hire someone else. If you want to hire someone else, that's fine. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, I want to represent myself, Your Honor. <laughs> He's going to do it himself. Yikes. The, way the judge is. has got his number, though, she and does. I appreciate that. I would imagine she's asking those questions because there's more concern because he is an attorney. Maybe so. Maybe I so. I would think. It because was a 45 minute long grilling. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much stood his ground. And I mean, he has the right to represent himself as long as the judge thinks he's sane enough and capable enough to do it, mm -hmm. which in this case, I would say that's probably true. But, uh, that whole well i mean this is this, this is temporary and she's like no bro it isn't you're either right, representing like yourself or you're not you get. <laughs> right yeah three now already so mm -hmm. anyway i i don't know you guys i suspect that by the time this gets to trial this will be one of those uh cases that we're going to be a little glued to because it's so freaking wild so we'll see where it goes from here but uh that's what I've got. Yikes. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. So I am going to kick the mic over to you for our main case. Okay. Friends, I present to you this trash. Haim Cohen. The first thing for you to know is that Haim Cohen is not actually his name. Yeah. This man is from Odessa, Texas. He has been posing as a Hasidic Jew, at times actually posing as a rabbi. And in that process became an adoptive parent. Mm -hmm. He has now adopted nine boys mm -hmm. from the foster care system in Texas. He tells everybody that he is an Orthodox Jew, that he is from New York. Apparently, he talks about several different neighborhoods that he's from, and um, he, he tells a lot of stories. Let's just let's just say this: this dude doesn't tell the truth about literally anything. No, boy. His birth name is Jeffrey Lusion Vagil. And he changed his name back in 2010. He actually changed his name several times in 2010 to different uh, Jewish names. Ah. Like he was having trouble landing on the right one. I don't know. Because it's not free to change your name. Seems weird. Yeah. Here's the other thing you got to know. There is no way that he is a converted Hasidic Jew with the last name Cohen. Cohen is the last name of like really high level priests, very sacred families in, in Hasidic Judaism. Mm -hmm. It is not a name that an actual convert would ever take because it's hella disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Lots of um, people in the Jewish community in the Houston area have indicated that they've met him. They don't believe that he's, Jewish at all. 
he he does things like and let's just talk about if you're going to be a liar at least try to be a smart one he tells people that he speaks yiddish and hebrew and then <laughs> has been unable to hold a conversation with another person in yiddish mm-hmm. someone who actually does speak yiddish and hebrew yeah. oh good lord why so, why right why I'll tell you why. So we're going to get to the abuse in a minute. But he, when he first became a a foster adoptive parent, and I'm going to tell you this from my perspective as a foster adoptive parent, I am absolutely furious about this case. He presented himself as a Hasidic Jewish man Mm -hmm. and as a rabbi. And on his initial application, it says he's a rabbi. And when it asks where he works, it says a foundation. A, a foundation. foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. That and uh, it turns out Cohen actually has a criminal history that would have precluded him from being a foster adoptive parent. But you know who didn't check? Oh, Texas wow. DCFS. Let's just be honest here. We know Texas DCFS is trash, okay? We've seen oh my God. many cases come out of Texas. They are a horrible I mean, hot mess. He knew exactly what he was doing. He went to a mm-hmm. state with a terribly dysfunctional DCFS system. He presented himself as this very pious rabbi. And you know what they didn't do? A background check. My God. And because they didn't do a background check when he uh, adopted his first two kids, then they were like, ah, he's already been vetted. No need to do any more work on him. And so then he proceeded to adopt seven more children out of the system. And they didn't know anything about this guy. They had no idea he'd had a name change, that he has a criminal history. They don't know anything about it. Let me tell you, when we got our son, And we did get a little special treatment because we were a social worker and a counselor who knew him, who had a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So they placed him with us prior to us becoming licensed foster parents. But you know what we did have to have before we got him? Background checks. Of course. Because even Rhonda and I, who have had tons of background checks in our Mm -hmm. careers, because anytime you change jobs, you have to have a new one. um, They still background checked us again before we were able to take him. Well, as you would expect them to. Yeah, as I would have been happy. I was happy to comply with absolutely everything they wanted us to Of do course. Because I want to be sure that that's what's happening with everybody. Mm-hmm. They placed him with us as a kinship placement because we knew him. But mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, totally flake out on the stuff they're supposed to do to make sure that you're. A, this is a safe place for children, right? Yeah. So let's fast forward to what's happening right now. Recently his 17 year old adopted son called into a podcast called uh blind skin blind skinned blind skin beauty sorry it's hard to say for me because it doesn't make any sense to me but anyway it's an advice podcast he called in and he said my you know he kind of told his story Mm -hmm. my adopted dad is molesting me he's molesting my brother's This has been going on since I was 11. I'm 17. I'm really scared. And I don't know what to do. 
-hmm. He said he was waiting till he was 18 to be able to get out of there and then report it. But he was really afraid because this is this is not the first allegation there has been made against Mr. Cohen. Mm -hmm. And the kids in the past have denied it because he has threatened them and bribed mm -hmm. them. These are children in the foster care system. Who right. Have no one. They have no choice but to do whatever this man says. What yep. else are they going to do? Oh, yeah. So they're, they're in the most vulnerable position. They are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But he was afraid that he might be arrested for lying to the police or that they just wouldn't believe him. Mm -hmm. So he was the the host of the podcast kept him on for quite a while trying mm -hmm. to convince him to please call the police and also trying to get as much information out of him as she could so mm -hmm. that she could do some research right well she managed after they got off the air to figure out who this kid is and the reason she did is because cohen has quite a youtube and social media presence of, of course his, he does wonderful hasidic man Mm -hmm. who is raising his, oh, listen to this lie. He says that every single one of the kids he has adopted is of Jewish parentage. Which, no, they're fucking not. They, they've no. proven they're not. But you're, no. you, don't, you don't get to do that. Right. Yeah. You don't. Um, also telling all these stories about how all of the kids speak Yiddish and Hebrew and they don't speak any of this. Um, there are all these pictures, and I'm not going to share any because these are minors and they're victims, mm -hmm. but there are all these family pictures of them dressed in their, you know, um, traditional clothing with the ringlets to the sides, like, and their, and their yarmulkes, like everything mm -hmm. dressed like, like um, Hasidic Jewish children Yeah, with him, like he's the big mm -hmm. hero. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you often see with Cohen is that he is in a wheelchair and that he's wearing an oxygen mask. Well, apparently, according to the kids, that's not true. He only wears that when other people are around or when they're out in public. And wow. And actually have GoFundMes and raise money to help mm -hmm. with his medical care. Oh, my God. Except that he's a pedophile and a liar. Mm -hmm. So the podcaster tracks him down because of the social media presence and, yeah. and reports it to the police. And they actually managed to trace the call. The kid called in on a burner phone and he was on Wi-Fi because he was trying to protect his identity, mm -hmm. but they found the IP address of that Wi-Fi call and actually found this kid. Wow. He has now admitted, yes, I'm the person who made that call. At first he didn't until they played mm -hmm. him the phone call. They're like, dude, we have the recording. Mm -hmm. And so he admitted, yes, this is me. This is what's happening. And this is happening to my younger brothers, too. There mm -hmm. were six minors still in this house. No. So they have all been placed back in DCFS custody, which uh, that doesn't seem okay to me at all. That that's no. just, let's just put them back in the system that put them in this situation. Yeah. Great. Um, there are three older sons who are currently supporting Cohen. Oh, boy. The younger boys have said, yes, this is happening to us, too, and they've reported. They mm -hmm. are 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Oh, my God. Let me tell you maybe the worst part about this. He's been a, um, uh, a foreign exchange parent, host parent, several times. Because, you know... 
It's not, not weird at all that this single man wants all these boys around him. I can right. think of a pretty well-known doctor in my community who has now passed away who did the same mm -hmm. damn thing. Yeah. Um, so in 2019, a foreign exchange student that was living with them reported to his, his school that this man mm -hmm. had sexually assaulted him. So he was arrested and then he bonded out. But what he was arrested for was like something like indecent exposure. Ugh. It wasn't sexual abuse of a minor. Mm -hmm. However, when that happened, DCFS did not come take the children out of the home. And he has never faced any legal ramifications for that until now. Wow. This was in 2019. This is four years, four years ago. ago. And he's continued to have these kids in his home. And continued continue to, to abuse, abuse them. them. Oh. No one at DCFS, that this is this case is private, so we can't say mm -hmm. why nothing was done the first time. Those kids should have been removed from that home then mm -hmm. until the investigation was complete. That is pretty standard practice if there's any mm -hmm. allegation of abuse that you remove the children from the situation until you're sure what's happening yeah no one looked no one gave a shit about these kids so oh, now no. they're all in foster care cohen is in jail his bond has been revoked basically they revoked his bond on the initial charges from 2019 and then mm -hmm. you know He's now charged with 11 charges of sexual abuse of minors. And these poor kids are back in the system. And he has just completely blown up their lives. The oh, my podcast God. podcast host has stayed in contact with the 17-year-old and has offered to become a foster parent to some of these boys because she's just absolutely wow. sick about this whole situation. And thank God for her because she literally has saved their lives yep. by you know, following up on what happened here. Well, she really went the distance. So did the police. Yes. To really narrow this down and take it they seriously. They have. They are now taking it very seriously. But mm -hmm. why did they not take it seriously four years ago? Well, probably because that kid left the country. Well, and also probably because this is a prominent foster parent. He yep. wouldn't do something like that. This is right. a prominent adoptive parent. We would hate to have I've to admit that. Stuff like this before. Yes. Number one, mm -hmm. they don't want to admit that they fucked up. Mm -hmm. Number two, no state in this country has enough foster parents. And mm -hmm. Texas, probably least of all, you know. And that would mean, you know, in this situation, six kids that needed yeah. placement. Yeah. I hate to say that the system does stuff like that, but it does. Yeah. And this is such a gross example of negligence mm -hmm. on their part none of this should have happened he should no. never have gotten a single child no let alone nine of them yeah Ugh, i am absolutely just sick and horrified by this situation yeah i hope these boys are in safe places and can you imagine how confused yeah. they are they've been being told under, um, you know, threat of abuse, that they are Hasidic Jews. Yeah. They have been living that way, homeschooled, mm -hmm. with really no frame of reference but him this whole mm -hmm. time. But that's not actually any of their backgrounds. Mm -hmm. 
I imagine these kids don't have a clue who they are. I, I would imagine that's true. I, the, yeah. the psychological damage, I think, is huge mm -hmm. here for so many reasons. The long-term fallout for them just breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. Kids in foster care are terrified. Yeah. And even when they're adopted, they're terrified for a long yeah. time. Because they don't know if they can trust the adults who have taken responsibility for them. Right. Well, for good reason. Adults have failed them over and over and over in their lives. And when the abuse began. So the abuse always begins right after adoption. Ah. Because you know when DCFS follow-up stops? Mm -hmm. Adoption day. He knew that. He knew that. Mm -hmm. So that's when the grooming began and then the abuse began because then there was no one to tell. There was no worker coming to his house, checking yeah. in on the kids. They weren't getting visits. The kids weren't getting. When we adopted Mike, it took us a year. It took us six months to become licensed as foster parents and then mm -hmm. six months to be approved as adoptive parents. Yeah. During that time, we had regular visits from workers. Every single time they came to visit, they spoke to him privately to ask him, are you okay? Are you safe? Are they taking care of you? Are mm -hmm. they hurting you? Right? Yeah. The second that kid becomes yours legally, they never talk to you again. Yeah. So. And of course he knew that. Kids. So. Yeah. And the other children in the house were all, you know, if, if there were already kids in the house for whoever came in new, they were all threatened under, you know, mm -hmm. threat of serious harm to say nothing. And of course they would say nothing. Mm -hmm. Where else are they going to go? Who no. do they have to turn to? Tell you who, nobody. Nobody. All they've got is this sick fucker. Well, and especially where they were homeschooled. Right? They, they really were, had no access. They were as isolated as they could possibly be. Mm -hmm. He used to take them to Jewish activities that were like more, um, like more on the liberal side. Mm -hmm. Because... He took advantage of the fact that lots of people don't really understand Hasidic, the Hasidic um, culture. Mm -hmm. And also he would say in their social media stuff that they would make adjustments to the way that they did things based on the way each child had been brought up in their Jewish home, which was just another way to cover for when he got it wrong because he yeah. didn't frequently get it wrong um, because he has no actual history right. in, in this culture at all. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, there's a Jewish organization that works to eradicate child sexual abuse and they've been very vocal in this situation mm -hmm. and they are horrified by this whole thing. I'm sure they've looked all into it to make sure that do they need to get involved? And they're like, this guy's not Jewish and neither are these kids. Yeah. But they've been raised that they are. Oh, just absolutely livid. If you live Horrible. In this area, if you know about this guy, please be screaming to the rooftops at your local officials. Yeah. And everybody, please become very aware of what is happening in the foster care system in your state. Look mm -hmm. up on your state website. It's our state. It's, I don't know. Everybody's got a different acronym, but it's always like Child and Family Services, yeah. Department of Child Protection, something like that. You want to look up some stuff like what are the statistics in your state? How many kids are in foster care? Mm -hmm. What is the need for foster parents? Mm -hmm. You know, find out stuff like that. Find out what's going on. Keep an eye on in the news on anything that comes up around yeah. foster and adoption situations mm -hmm. in your communities. 
because I will promise you there's some shit happening that you don't even know about. Oh, that's for sure. Because this stuff doesn't hit the mainstream news unless it's a big story like this. Mm -hmm. And so there are all kinds of smaller things that just slip by. But you should know because you got to understand Cohen has never had a job in the entire time he's had these kids. No. They get a stipend. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got about $425 a month for my son. And even after we adopted him, he kept his Medicaid and he kept that stipend until he turned Mm -hmm. 18. Yeah. So this guy just keeps adopting more kids so he can pay his own damn bills. Yeah. He only has a home with four bedrooms. And they've allowed him to have that many kids? Right. Because see, a part of adopting, in my experience, Mm -hmm. was an inspection of our house, determining does this child have their own bedroom? Do they have the ability to have privacy and safety? Right? Mm -hmm. How do you have nine kids in a four bedroom? In a four bedroom. Yeah. You can't. But But Texas is so desperate to farm out kids that they apparently are just handing them to anybody. Yeah. One background check would have blown this whole thing out of the water and they never did it. They never did it in nine adoptions. Unbelievable. Or they did at some point and realized how badly they'd fucked up and didn't tell anybody what those what yeah. that background check showed because this is a huge disaster for mm-hmm. them. But be aware in your community. This is a well-known problem with people who take way more children than they can take care of because yeah. then they don't have to work. And I'm not saying every foster family does that because they don't. But I've known a few that had six or seven kids and Mm -hmm. neither parent worked that really were red flags to me. Yeah. Like that just, no. Also, Mm -hmm. there have been all kinds of GoFundMes for this family. Right. Because dad is sick, don't you know? Right. And he's showing up in court. He's in court. So he's got got all his bullshit in in jail. He's Mm -hmm. got his wheelchair and he's got his oxygen. There's absolutely no proof that he needs either. And all of the kids say that he only used those things when there were other people around. So gross. We will keep a close eye on this case Mm -hmm. because we want to watch this guy go away forever. And all I can do is just hope that these boys get the help that they need Mm -hmm. because they're going to need some major help after this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie, it might seem like we just did some WTF news, Mm. but I know you have some more for us. Oh, I do. Have you heard that recently in New York, uh, New York City, a giant kingpin, criminal kingpin has been taken down? Oh, really? Yeah. Big news. I didn't know. How did I miss this? Well, I, you might have to be in the right kind of, uh, I don't know, the world to uh, really take advantage of or, or, or understand this. Uh, but this is uh, what our kingpin was smuggling. Pull your mic closer to you. You're cutting out on us. There you go. Okay. I don't know if you can tell from the picture what this is. Is that a bird? That's a bird. Oh. These are hair curlers. Like the hard plastic ones like little old ladies might wear. And they are stuffed with finches. My God. Let me tell you why. This man, this is the third time he's done it. Smuggling finches from Guyana 
into New York for bird song competitions. Apparently. What? (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he's committed several crimes uh, related to bird trafficking. And why is it a big deal? Well, you cannot traffic birds into the country for two reasons. Uh, one, because uh, it's so dangerous for the birds. Many of them will die. It's awful. Right. It's absolutely and horrible animal cruelty. It is. And two, uh, they can bring diseases into the U.S. with them that can uh, really decimate our bird populations. You know, think about like the bird flu. You like that price of eggs right now? Well, that was from the bird flu. Not that he caused it, but, you know, these are things that uh, we're trying to safeguard against. But the animal cruelty angle can be really terrible, too. Well, an invasive species can be a problem, too, bringing something in that yes. takes over from something else. Mm-hmm. Now, he promised the court, I'm going to stay away from the birds because it's trouble. <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> I think you're trouble, buddy. <laughs> I know they're in the curlers. Do I want to know where he was, where he had the curlers? Uh, in socks. Okay. So this wasn't one of those down nope, his pants no. situations. Were, uh, up his butt or anything. No. No. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, he's going to, to prison for one year and one day. But he is known of one, one of New York's finch smuggling kingpins. My God. His, <laughs> his attorney said... He is incredibly remorseful for a crime fueled by a love of seed finches that dates to his childhood and provided him solace through many personal difficulties. What? 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 If he genuinely loved those finches, he would not be abusing them in this way. That is fucking ridiculous. Turns out what he loves is money because... Mm -hmm. Apparently, songbird competitions are quite the big deal. Apparently, they are really a big deal in the Caribbean. Uh, but they've come to the U.S. as well. And songbird competitions are a big deal. And a songbird that will, uh, you know, do the best of the singing can be worth as much as $10,000. Oh so what's really true here? It's greed. It it's, is. It's just greed. This is not a love of the birds. This is just greed, plain and simple. Can't you just go out and listen to the finches and leave them the hell alone? Not when they're worth $10,000. We have to own them and then control them and make money off their song? Mm-hmm. God, humans suck, man. I oh. just was surprised to learn that New York had finch smuggling kingpins, but now you know. I it is you. a thing. But he's been taken down. I'm not sure a year and a day is enough time, honestly. Agreed. Poor little finches. Jeez. Yeah. Well, for better or worse, that's our Monday episode, you guys. <laughs> what the hell's going Sorry? on? <laughs> All I have to say is see something, say something, please. Yeah. Share when you know. Be the hero that that podcaster is who saved these mm-hmm. children from Heim Cohen. I mean, mm-hmm. At least they're safe now, I hope. I hope. At least they're out of that situation and we can get him out of the child adoption business. Yeah, but it sure is hard to trust the Texas Department of Family and Children's Services. It genu- genuinely is. I, I, Are these kids in any better situation now? I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, see something, say something, learn about the foster care system in your area. Also, learn about the songbird contest system in your area. Apparently. Because that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me when it comes to using animals like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, keep your ears open, my friends. We will be back tomorrow with another full episode. Of course, this is Monday, and you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.